Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this Sunday morning on our live stream. I hope you are ready to listen to our God and dig deeper on His Word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have uh, given us this opportunity to listen, to be enlightened by, by your words. Help us, O oh Lord, that as we listen to you today, that we'll be able to take this to our hearts, to take it to our lives, and that we'll be able to apply this in our families and wherever we go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's message is all about God's grace and mercy. The passage today is closely connected with that verse, chapter 19, verse 30, featuring the verse, The last shall be first. Today we will look at the Matthew 20, verse 16, in a different light. Because this parable is focused on the reward. God addresses the concept of pay slash reward and reverses it. You guys probably know that the world is all about the uh, reward uh, system, right? When you are trying to teach your children uh, things like um, ethics in the world, if you do this, therefore you might get this. Or if you do this, you might get this consequence. It's a risk and reward type of uh, concept that we live on earth. But God actually, in this verse, we're going to we're gonna learn today that He reverses this and changes it. He shows that it is through grace and mercy, not through human effort. That's amazing. Before we get too deep though, let's look at the main idea. Today's main idea is that the grace and mercy of God is equal for all, both in the present and at the final reward. There are three points to break it down these uh, passages today. If you have your Bibles, we will be looking at the Matthew chapter 21 to 16. So go ahead and turn your Bibles there while you are uh, listening in right now. So that later on when we read through it, uh, you'll be ready. Uh, the first point is that we're hiring. This can be found in chapter 20, verse 1 to 7. Second point is who gets a better pay. Uh, can be found in the verse verses uh, 8 to 15. And the third point is that the great reversal, which can be found in verse 16. Missional application of today's message is that because Jesus died on the cross, we had the privilege to become part of his family. This life is available for all and does not discriminate. Everyone can have this life. This life is available for everyone to receive. Now we have a choice, whether we want to accept this eternal life now or later in our lives. By choosing Jesus as our Lord and Savior now, we are preparing our lives for an eternal reward. Which brings us to point one, we're hiring. This is a really good story actually. We're gonna read through this and um, see what's going on here. I think this is very interesting and very applicable in today's time. Again, our first point is we're hiring. Uh, this can be found in verse one to seven. Let's go ahead and read that. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the, in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, 
he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about sixth hour and, nine, and the ninth hour, uh, he did the same. And about eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. That's an amazing story, right? The, the landowner, it shows his uh, potential to hire a lot of people. Kind of like um, in today's time when a big company is hiring for a big job, right? They want to finish something uh, big, so that's that's how uh, that's how it works. They, they do a mass hire and just to get it done, and then later on, uh, they uh, of course everyone get their fair wage and then move on, right? Um, with what we read, uh, we can see this passage can be broken into five hiring spree. Okay, so you guys probably know already as we read it, um, we're just going to break it down into five hiring spree and see what's going on on each one. And why is it different? I think it's all the same, but uh, we're going to look more into it. In verse 1, we see the comparison of the kingdom of heaven with the story of the landowner. Some might say that the landowner is like Jesus, but according to Isaiah 5, it is apparent that the landowner is more like God. During this time, there are a lot of vineyards in the land of Galilee. Uh, Jesus often points it out in his parables. Uh, Jesus uses the vineyard as a symbol for people of Israel. During the first century, it is normal to work 12-hour days during harvest. This is a busy time for them, right? They want to get in and finish the harvest so that they can go into the marketplace and sell these products, produce. Um, in today's time, this is way too long of a day. Um, I personally work uh, 10 hours plus another 2 hours of driving. So that's pretty much accumulated about 12 hours away from home. Uh, after 12 hours of work, I feel really exhausted. And I'm sure the people who were hired first felt the same. There are a lot of work during the harvest. Um, therefore, the landowner will have to hire a lot of people to help pick out grapes from vines. Day laborers often would gather at the marketplace of town and wait there to be hired. Many of these peoples were slaves and they don't really have a lot of choice. In today's time, um, maybe not right now because we're in a pandemic, but usually you can find hirings everywhere. You can choose the job that you want and if the job you feel like you're you know you're not being treated fairly in that job you can quit and then go to the next job in this case they don't have a lot of choice um, this is the old style of um, let's just say this is just poverty style of hiring right and they wait in the marketplace and and that's the only thing that's the only way they can they can get hired and it's like a first come first serve right whoever's picked first that's that's the one that goes um, in verse 2, it mentions that the workers will get denarius per day of work. So that's like their fair wage, right? It is a normal rate for a day laborer. So they work for the day, and at the end of the day, they pay you a denarius and you're good to go. 
Uh, the first workers begins at the normal time at about 6 a.m. That's all an early time, right? My work time, uh, it starts about uh, 7.30 a.m. So 6 a.m. is uh, quite early. Uh, they go for the first break at 9 a.m. And basically the day is broken into quarters of three hours each. The next part of the story is that we see that there are people hanging out at the marketplace. Uh, no one knows the reason. Maybe they haven't been working all morning or maybe they work somewhere else or you know what I mean like um, they didn't really mention this on the verse. Um, some might say they may be uh, they may be lazy or just came from another job but in verse 6 to 7 it says that they've been there all day and no one had hired them so they have all intentions to work but they were they weren't uh, they weren't picked that's just all um, these people um, really are willing to work but the the people the landowner didn't want to pick them therefore they've been waiting there all day or till they get hired this fit the description in matthew chapter 19 verse 30 and in chapter 20 verse 16. this is what we call the last later on we'll uh look at it even deeper than that but right now we're just looking at the people who are last mainly people who are last picked uh, these people were the least impressive workers have you ever had this problem as a kid where um, there's a uh, two leaders uh, two teams right and the leaders get to pick um, the captain i guess would get to pick um, who's who's uh, coming with them and uh, all of a sudden you're the last pick uh, everyone got picked and then you're the last picked and um you know, it doesn't feel good, right? Um, why? Why is it? There's things that goes on in your mind, like why am I the last pick? Why am I? You know, am I not good enough or something like that? Um, what's going on, right? It does something on someone's mind when um, when they are last pick, and this is what we're looking at right now. As we read along, the landowner continued to look for more workers. Not that he miscalculated how much work was needed to be done. Nor does he actually need the workers, but rather he can use them. Let me say that again. Not that he miscalculated how much work was needed to be done, nor does he actually need the workers, but rather he can use them. The landowner continued to look for more workers and he promised a fair wage to them. In my head, I already assumed that because they just got there, the workers who came after will only get the percentage of wage. Who among you taught that? Just for example, if you came to work at the regular time, at the right time, at 7.30, I start at 7.30 a.m. Just for example, and I get there at the right time, and I get, I get the fair wage. I get the 10 hours uh, pay, right? Just for example here, you came uh, late. Something went on, you missed the bus, or maybe you uh, had a flat tire or something like that, and you came at 10 a.m. Now, would you get the, the 10 hours pay? You wouldn't. You'd be docked to whatever, uh, whatever, whenever you came in, and that's, that's your pay for the day. 
you're not gonna get paid for the full thing. Anyways, um, there were five groups in this story that were hired at 6 a.m., uh, 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. Now we look at the 11th hour. Here's a question for you. If you've been working all day for someone to hire you for 6 in the morning, and you know the work is done at 6 p.m., all right? So you've been waiting at the marketplace uh, before 6 a.m., waiting to get hired, and um, you you can't. Uh, you're, you're the last pick, and you'll be waiting there all morning, afternoon, right? And you realize that a typical work ends at 6 p.m., so realistically, the work will be done at 6 p.m. And uh, wouldn't you just leave about a couple hours ago or gave up on, on getting hired? Normally, in real life, this would be true. Um, reality is, no one has the patience for that unless they were desperate. In this case, they were because they were slaves. Um, they needed to get hired that day. That's, that's, what, that's what they long for. That's what they need. They need to maybe to provide for their family, to eat for themselves, uh, to provide for themselves, um, and anything. They are desperate. They they want they want to get hired. Whatever it takes. Maybe it's only for an, an hour's work. It's okay. I need to get. I need to work today, so that I can eat later on or eat tomorrow or something like that. You see, these people probably felt inadequate and useless. Uh, they might have questions like, am I not good enough? Um, why am I picked last? Why am I just getting work now? I've been here since 6 a.m. How come I'm just getting, you know, I'm just getting hired now at 5 p.m.? Despite of their situation, as we read this passage, we still assume that they should only get the minimal pay, right? For example, if you if they are hired at 5 p.m., as it says here in the passage, you think that they would only get paid for an hour, right? But as we look at today's message, we will understand that Jesus' parable is all about these people. It's very different what happens here. Jesus placed an important to the people who are picked last. This is part of the parable. It's the whole idea. So listen up. Which brings us to point two. Who gets a better pay? Now let's read verse 8 to 25. Let's read. And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard says to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about and when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last work these last work only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. 
Did you not agree for me for a Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you be, begrudge my generosity? Now, as we read this, if you understood the, the verse, it's quite interesting of a story, right? This, uh, this um, parable is very different from today's time. Um, it's quite the unfair business uh, this person is running, according to the first people, right? We see that this passage, um, it breaks down to three things. So let's look at it in a, in a let's break it down, right? Um, there's, there's three things that are going on here. The first one is that the workers are paid in reverse order. First thing we see in verse 8 to 10. The second one is that the workers complained about equal pay, which can be found in 11 to 12. And the third one is that the response of the owner. Now it's easier for us to look at it, right? Here we go. So the style of work in this passage is a day laborer. Again, that's, that's the style of work. That's what, that's what they did. They, they went there for the day and they pick out the, the grapes from the vineyard and then they leave. They get paid, sorry. They get paid and then they leave. Meaning they should start their day uh, waiting at the marketplace. That's the idea. Once they are hired, they work for a day and at the end of the day, they get paid their wage. The next day, they repeat the same thing all over again. And then, and then that's it. That's the style. You get paid for the day. There's no... Um, I think in construction right now, we have foremans. Uh, their role is to give order. In this verse, it is the master or the landowner. That's the foremans. Um, which refers to God, the Lord of all. Right? Um, so the foremans of my work, they're the ones who gives work to us and then we work. Uh, we finish the task for the day and then we move on. If it uh, moves on to the next day, then we just finish it the next day or something like that. And that's it. Um, the foreman here is talking about the master or the landowner, uh, which refers to the Lord of all. It refers to God Almighty. Uh, there is no particular reason why the last hired people were paid first. Um, aside from the point of the story, um, really, there there's no um, particular reason why this happened. But I think it's because of the point of the story why um, the the parable is um, is done like this. The thing is that the foreman gives the person their wage. Once the person gets their pay. They leave right away. So, by giving the wage to the last hired people first, this made the first group aware that they had been paid equally and leads to their complaint. That's the whole idea there, right? Let me read that again. By giving the wage to the last hired people first, this made the first group aware that they had been paid equally and leads to their complaint. In verse 9, um, this is very surprising to me. So, why would the master hire more people at the last hour? 
wouldn't you think that it, it's too late, right? Like, the work is done at 6 p.m., you're gonna hire someone at 5 p.m., you're only gonna work for less than an hour. That's crazy. Um, if I came late for work, I assure I would not get paid the same as the person who came at the right time. Isn't that correct? In any job, that's the same. That's that's what happens. If you came in late, you're not going to get paid the same thing as the person who came there uh, at the right time. Um, but we see in this passage that the master still gave a denarius to the last hired workers, which worth the full day's pay. The master, what we see here is that the master is very generous. Now, the funny part about this is the first hired saw what, saw what the master gave to the last hired people. And they're thinking like, oh, I'm going to get the... I'm gonna get more pay because they, you know, the, the master gave a denarius to the last hired workers. Surely the, they'll give us more than that, right? But when, when we look back at verse 2, remember, uh, they were hired. When they were hired, uh, they were promised a denarius for a day's work. Isn't that right? That was the contract. That's what they were uh, agreed on, agreed upon. Uh, therefore, this is a fair wage. There's no uh, lacking. Uh, the master gave them the the amount that they were uh, they agreed upon, and this is a fair wage. But the generosity is not focused on the first hired people, but rather to the last. The thing is, this is not fair, right? Of course, it's not. How can the people who only work for an hour would get the same pay as the person who worked for 12 hours? This does not make sense. This is not the same as today's world. This is not going to fly in today's world. The thing is, the idea here is that by paying the final group the same amount, the owner made them equal. Let me read that again. The idea here is that by paying the final group the same amount, the owner made them equal. And by doing so, the master who promised to be just were unjust to the first group. The first group were the ones who suffered the intense heat all day long. And they demand for more pay. But actually, this situation we can break down to two things. We'll look at it further uh, in response on verses 13 to 15. This is the owner's response, right? Yeah, this, is, this is amazing. Let's break it down to two ways. Uh, the first is the legal situation and then the moral situation. Legal situation, um, let's look at legal situation now. Um, the owner first addressed one of them. Right? That's what happened to the story. And began to call by calling him friend. I like how this is going to go. Um, it's almost like the master's like, you know, uh, put his arm around him and say, friend, you know, it's, uh, don't be uh, so mad about here. You know, what I mean? it's, uh, it's like uh, I'm trying to please this person or something. And then he goes back. To the promise wage in verse two. <laughs> That's funny, right? It's like friend, remember, remember we what we agreed on? 
verse 2, right? Remember? And how he gave the wage that was promised. You know, I did the right thing. We agreed upon a denarius. That's what I did. So, you know, there's we're good, right? This means actually that there are no legal grounds for complaint. The first, uh, the first people who work, uh, the first hired people, shouldn't uh, shouldn't be allowed to complain because they got their fair wage. That's that's what they are agreed upon, and you know they should they should be good with that. And that's um, the master didn't uh, give them less. It's it's the fair wage. That's what they agreed upon. That's what you get. That's it. Now let's look at the uh, second situation here, which is the moral situation. Um, here we see in verse 14, and the master calls him out and tells the individual to leave. <laughs> um, first, he calls him friend, and then he said, no, you go. You're done. Well, I'm done with you. He says, take your wage and go. Uh, this represents the sovereignty of God. The thing is, God can do whatever He wants with what He owns, like the master with His money. Let me say that again. God can do whatever He wants with what He owns, like the master with His money. The master gives a fair wage to the first workers, and He showed generosity to the last. The first group has no right to complain about the decision, because it is the master's money. He can do whatever he wants. The first question, um, in the first question, um, he asked, the master asked that, uh, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? In verse, uh, in verse 15, we see the, the true justice in this decision, right? It is his property. At the end of the day, it is. It's, it's his land. He's the landowner. He, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to show mercy to one group, that's perfectly all right. It's up to him. Here we see God's mercy and grace. What the master done to the last hires, giving them the same wage as the first hired people, that shows the represent this represents the uh, God's mercy and grace. The only message is that no one can work harder to earn God's favor, but rather only God can determine one's reward. You see that? Let me repeat that again. The message is that no one can work harder to earn God's favor but rather only god can determine one's reward that's amazing the second question now let's look at it or do you begrudge my generosity let's break it down um get the thing is this question gets right in the heart of the problem just right onto it right god's goodness versus human sin. Let's look at begrudge. This means uh, evil eyes in different translations. Um, 
This can be found in chapter 6, verse 23, and points to the evil intention and the selfish desires of the first group. Here we see that the, the contrast between the begrudge and generosity. The generosity is the good of the landowner. Totally opposite, right? Opposite to of jealous, angry heart of the complainers. Which brings us to point three. The great reversal. And the last verse, right? I like how um, it's all broken down and it's just, oh, the last verse, the last verse is our third point. Let's look at it. This last verse is long. So hang on. Make sure you take notes, okay? Let's look at this. So the last verse says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Let me read that again. So the last will be first and the first will be last. If you are here last week, um, this is the, actually the reverse order of chapter 19, verse 30. It says there that in Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 30, it says that, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. I think it's the same meaning, but I like how they say it in a different way, but now it's uh, the reverse order, right? Now listen up. This is really the whole point of the story. The first will be last, and the last will be first. This brings us um, to ourselves, humans, people of the world. We as people, um, if we put the world's values first and place them above God, then we will be last. Okay? Did you get that? If we put the world's values first and place them above God, then we will be last. What are we, what are we supposed to do then? We need to put Christ first and find ourselves last in this world. Then we will receive all the kingdom reward which can be found from last uh, last week's uh, message as well, which is in chapter nine. Oh, sorry, um, Matthew chapter nineteen, twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Let's look back to that and read it. I open your Bibles to Matthew nineteen, twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Here it says that Jesus said to them, "Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne." You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Now, from last week's message, we learned um, all about this, um, what what the reward is all about. Let's look at it again. Um, chapter 28 to 29, uh, verses 28 to 29 is all about the future rewards rather than the present worldly rewards. Here's a question for you. Um, have you ever saved money for a retirement or put money away for retirement? 
I think all of us um, are doing this, or hopefully you are doing this, so that one day you can retire rather than, you know. The thing is, you can't spend all your money now and think that you will have uh, money later on. If you didn't put away money now, you're not going to have money later on. That's how, I'm, that's how I see it. That means you give up some weekend, some of the weekend fun, right? You wouldn't waste your money right away. Um, when, you're, when you get your paycheck, you just spend it all. You don't do that. Maybe you give up the luxury life. You're not going to spend extra money on things that you might not need anyway. You just uh, use the money on the things that you need. Or maybe um, you forget about the quick reward um, so that later on in your life you can retire and not have to work when you are older. This is part of the, the whole saving up for the retirement, right? This is the same thing as well, but even more so uh, because it is eternal. When we look at verse 28 to 29, this is all about eternal uh, salvation, eternal life. The life after this world, uh, this world, uh, worldly life. Uh, God wants us to live a life where we choose Jesus instead. God wants us to use this world, uh, the life that we have here on earth, as a um, preparation for the eternal life, uh, the next life coming. God promises a life with Him forever. This is the this is the reward of, of the, this is the part where it says the hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Um, God promises a life with him forever and not have to suffer a life away from him. If we choose to live a life for God now on this earth and turn away from our worldly pleasures, the eternal reward is forever life with God. Now that's amazing. Wouldn't you want that? I want that. Personally, that's 100%. I, that's, I could give up everything here on earth just so I could have that eternal reward of being with God forever. That's amazing. Now... I like this passage a lot. I it, it taught me a lot. It's uh, yeah. When I was preparing for this message, this is this is quite an amazing uh, parable. Um, I love how uh, everything works out, right? Uh, the it it touches everything, and but best of all, it touches uh, God's grace and mercy. This kind of reminds me of another story too. Uh, this passage is often compared, and which reminded me of the parable of the prodigal son. If you're not familiar with it, um, the prodigal son is one who left and took his inheritance. He wanted his dad and he wanted to take his inheritance. I want to go to, I don't know, Vegas, I guess, and just slander all my money. He wasted it and he came back to beg his father to, you know, so that he can work for him. Come back to his father, his father is a wealthy man and um, he has paid workers so he figured um, you know I'm I've wasted all my money here in Vegas so therefore I should go back and um, just work for my father I, I can't be his son because um, I I put shame on his name 
Therefore, I just go back and work for my father. But the father took him back and he, and has, as his son. And he was happy and that his son is back home. The crazy about uh, this, this, uh, this story as well is the father uh, throw a, threw a, a party for the, for the prodigal son that came back. Uh, despite of what he did or what he had done, uh, the father was uh, happy just because his son is back with him. The prodigal son uh, represents the last, the last that we were talking about in this passage. Um, and the older brother is the first. Uh, the older brother is very jealous of the, of what the father had done for the young child or the, for the for the prodigal son, because he threw a party, right? Like now, uh, the older brother is thinking like, oh, I should just, you know, I've I've been good. How come I, you know, I don't get a party, right? But. He, this this prodigal son he goes and and slander all his inheritance and then he comes back thinking like you know now now he he the father throws a party for him i I don't get it he's very jealous of him this shows the incredible mercy of God um is center to both parables that's the whole idea here a grace and mercy of God. Yeah, there are three applications that we can look at here. Uh, the first one is God's grace uh, is available to all equally. The second one is uh, accepting everyone. And the third one is can I just accept Christ later? Let's look at it further. The first application, let's look at that. Uh, God's grace available to all equally. The thing is, Jesus came for all people, whether you are sick, healthy, uh, most sinful people, murderers, or maybe the nicest person on earth. It doesn't matter. Jesus came for all people. The ministry of Jesus is for the people who are rejected and pushed away by the society. This parable is all about God's grace and mercy. He wants to give everyone a chance to come back to Him and be saved. For it says in Second Peter 3.9, that the Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to, pro to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The thing is, this is, uh, yeah, this this grace, this mercy that God showed on the cross through His through His Son Jesus, is for everyone. Um, no one uh, should be allowed to uh, take this away from anyone. This is available for everyone. Second uh, application here is accepting everyone. So as believers of God, uh, we as people who, um, who have believed and accepted Christ in our life, um, we must also accept everyone. Just as uh, God accepted us to His family, we too must accept everyone. Um, we shouldn't follow the steps of the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. This is what the older brother did. The older brother had resentment to the younger brother because the father partied, gave, gave, the par gave a party because um, the prodigal son, the younger brother, came home. 
the father also accepted him back to the family. As believers of God, we, we must uh, rejoice as well when someone comes back to God rather than resenting them. We must accept everyone and, and whatever race, whatever ethnicity, um, whether you are a homeless person, you are the rich person, it doesn't matter. Whoever you might be, we must accept um, this person, these people, and rejoice that they came back to God. Everyone is acceptable. And God's grace and mercy is for everyone. The third thing that we should look at here is, can I just accept Christ later? It's like the, uh, the question of the, the person who are smarter than you, right? Um, can I just accept Christ later? Um, since it doesn't matter anyways, whether I accept now or later, um, can I just accept Christ later when I'm older? Right now, I'm not really ready. I'm young, young. I could, you know, still party and I could do all these things in, in the world and uh, I could enjoy myself right now. I still want to enjoy life and enjoy uh, worldly pleasures. Uh, later on, I can, you know, when I'm older, I guess, um, I can serve God and devote my life to Him. Um, I think it makes sense, right? I'm not going to die tomorrow or something like that. I, you know, I, I have still, I'm still young. I'm, I'm 18 years old or 16 years old or whatever, and I still have uh, 50 more years to go. So, you know, can I just, can I just accept Christ later? Now, the thing is, uh, this goes back to the pleasure of serving God. Uh, personally, actually, um, I grew up in a in a Christian family, but I accepted Christ at a younger age. Um, I think my first time um, hearing and actually accepting Christ was grade one. I didn't really become serious till I was in junior high, uh, close to high school already. But personally, I wish I had focused more of my life to God rather than wasting my time on worldly things. If I, I think if I just focused more later on, uh, uh, younger on a younger age, I think now I would have been uh, maybe uh, a better follower of Christ, right? Um, the things that I, I'm working on right now, I could have been working on that um, when I was younger, but that is, that is, that is my fault. So now I'm, uh, we just need to, right now I just need to uh, keep going and uh, keep improving, keep getting closer to God. And that's all we can, we can do. There's a lot of uncertainties in life as well. Um, we can't say that we can't, we're not going to die tomorrow. We can't say that, you know, something can happen. You go in an accident. Some people get uh, some sickness earlier. You have no idea. Especially nowadays, there's a lot of uncertainties in life. Um, but we know for sure that God's promise is true. This is the whole idea here. That His promise is, is uh, concrete and it, it's not going to move. Uh, this is the... The greatest foundation of all. Um, when we put Him first and we put the world last, we will have eternal life. That's what God said. Put God first, worldly, worldly things later on, are last, and we will have eternal life. If you haven't experienced this eternal life, I would like to um, invite you today to pray this prayer with me. If you haven't experienced this eternal life that is only coming from God, I would like you to pray this prayer with me. 
so that you can experience him as well and be re re be reunited and be reunited with our Father in heaven. Say this prayer with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Close your eyes right now if you want to experience his eternal life, God's eternal life right now. Close your eyes and say this prayer with me. I'll just read it to you, but um, pray this prayer with me. God, I give you my life. If you want to accept God as your Lord and Savior, and you want to put Him first rather than the worldly things, say this prayer with me. God, Jesus, I give you my life. I know that I have sinned against you. I have put the world first in my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and taking the penalty that is supposed to be mine. Today, I choose you. And I choose to put you first in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you are blessed by the message today. I encourage you to dig deeper. Look back on Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16. Read back to it and use it in your everyday life. With that in mind, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this message of your parable um, of showing your, God, uh, your mercy and grace. Father, we ask that you would continue to nourish our lives, uh, speak to our hearts, O oh Lord, that we'll be able to show grace and mercy to others as well. Help us, O oh Lord, that we will be able to apply this in our lives, apply this in our families and in, with, our, with our children, our, our, our uh, spouse. And that we'll be able to spread this gospel to others as well. Help us, O oh Lord, to accept everyone because you have accepted us as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.